Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me is my brother and co-host, Jesse Gleason. Good evening. Or and morning, whatever time you're listening or watching to this podcast. Yeah, who knows when they're going to be listening sure. or watching. And with us this week, finally, is our Florida connection, Phil Jakes, if his Hurricane song would work. Hey, holy crap, that's loud. There we go. This is the ear rate version. <laughs> Apologies to headphone users, especially Phil. <laughs> And welcome to our YouTube audience who doesn't get to hear all the copyrighted stuff that we play at the beginning of the show. Hello. How are you doing? Thank you for watching. I think we should be able to play it until, like, to the point where Shazam picks up where the song would be. How long would that be? Like, four or five seconds? Something like that, yeah. It can't be that quick, right? Yeah. Oh. Maybe we can even distort the audio a little bit. It'd be like, where are you? I'm so sorry. Make it really deep sounding. And there, that way, they won't won't be able to pick up on it because it's in the wrong pitch. Jesse, play it backwards. Yeah. I'm the devil. All hail Satan, our Lord and Savior. Yeah, everybody will really know why you guys use it for me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's actually metal. That's what it is. I see Phil's (laughs) shirt. He's got a kickstand fab shirt on. I was in very cool. I was actually in Putnam. I have Ben Garrison cartoons. Look them up too. I have the Bruins, but they can't see it because all they can see is my face. Um, Doesn't matter right now anyway. Go Tampa Bay. Yeah, whoever. Anyway, once the insert monkeys, I don't care. When the Bruins are out, hockey no longer exists to me. Um, Insert monkeys cannot win the cup. Patrick Walkers, they can't do it that far. But I was in Putnam. With the wife and the kid, and we were walking around there, and I saw somebody with a kickstand fab shirt and a mohawk, and I'm like, that can't be him. <laughs> I'm like, this fits the bill too much, because we were literally just talking about the guy on the show, and now he's haunting me. It's like, oh, God. How yeah, bad? I think Cliff, Cliffy was actually in town uh, for a little trip, so it may have been him. Well, if he went to the courthouse to eat lunch, we were there with him. <laughs> I think he came to kick our ass. <laughs> you he talking shit? For you. Yeah, you talking junk on us? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. Oh, so anyway, we usually start the show off with personal updates. Uh, I would say yes, I do have updates because I'm going racing. When this drops, it'll be two days from now. I'll be going on Wednesday if it doesn't rain. Wednesday, July seventh at Thompson Speedway Motorsports Park. What's today? The fifth? Oh shit! Yeah, I guess it is. Uh, <laughs> I don't have much time to get ready then. Uh, so yeah, I've been working my butt off. I've, I've been working to get the, um, duct work and the radiator a little bit straightened out. Cause I think it's been a little bit kind of, you know, it, it's not as good as it could be. It's not as streamlined and I have a little bit of overheating problems when I'm behind cars and it's like, yeah, I just figured I'd tighten it up a little bit and hope to get, it, just work on duct work and try to get the radiator cooler. That's basically what I've been doing. Hammered out a couple dents, working on brakes uh, just, you know, routine maintenance stuff. It's literally all I've been doing. It's going on scales probably tomorrow because that's the only day I'm going to have to do it because we're not recording on Sunday. We're 
we like we have been. We're recording on Monday, and I lose track of days very quickly. So yeah, it's got to go on scales tomorrow. So that's my update. I I honestly am thinking I'm probably not going to run both races. I'm probably just going to stick to the one. Uh, I don't really have any real incentive to do it other than money, and uh, I don't really care. So I hope people show up for it because it is a fun race, and I do feel like if I don't get stuck in tech, maybe I could actually watch one for once. So we'll see what happens, but uh, good luck to whoever is going to do it. So I was thinking about it, but decided, nah, probably not a great idea. So Hopefully you do get stuck in tech, though. That would be nice to get stuck in tech. I mean, I haven't. Well, I've been in tech both races so far this year, but it would be nice to get there again this week. So anytime you make it to tech is a good night. Some people think it's uh, if you drive the car on the trailer in one piece, but no, it's getting to tech. Tech is where you want to be. Phil, when's your next race? Uh, it's supposed to be this weekend. Uh, we rained out, what was it, a week ago, and they rescheduled it for the 10th. Mm. Uh, so weather permitting... Uh, with Hurricane Elsa on its way, uh, we'll practice Friday night, and if we're decent and I feel comfortable enough, we'll race on Saturday. It'll probably rain. Like it'll it'll probably rain here. They're calling for like a fifty percent chance of showers on Wednesday. It's like well, oh. it doesn't. Okay. It doesn't look like we're gonna get a ton of rain from this storm, but I'm worried more about like pop up thunderstorms with the tornadoes and stuff that come on shore, knock down some telephone poles, and then we're screwed. I figured in Florida they would have buried all the power lines so nothing goes out. I don't know. They have been slowly. Every storm they get, they do it bit by bit. I don't know why that's not a normal thing for everywhere. But whatever. You never lose power if the lines don't go down. You right. Wait till a rat chews through a line or something. <laughs> Jesse, I don't think he has any real updates other than he uh, actually didn't have to work in the big brown truck for once today. Yeah, no, I'm still in the middle of uh, acquiring resources. That's basically... It you know most of my stuff they changed the rules my stuff's antiquated so it's gonna take me a while as I eat the microphone yeah, the and fell uh, down. <laughs> yeah so yeah acquisition of resources that's it AKA communism motor we'll see some 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 motors are not created equal <laughs> oh all animals are created equally some more than others. Hmm. So we'll see. So I'm kind of thinking this is going to be kind of a short show this week because absolutely everything around us got rained out this week. Literally everything. I was looking for results from even outside the area we normally cover, and I still couldn't find anything. I didn't see anybody racing. Just the rain. <laughs> oh, my God almighty. What Good the Lord. hell was Rip. that? <laughs> I apologize to all headphone users. I'm not in control of the board. I'm happy with that. Fucking normies! What is happening here? Please. That's my. Can we tune that down a little bit? I am. You guys are my. Uh, what? You're, my, the... you're my guinea pigs right now. So it's not going well. Let's just put it that way. Well, the board. I think we should to... go back to checking the board prior. The board actually doesn't mind it too bad. So suck it. We're good. <laughs> He's like the level. Well, look fuck fine. that board. It's broken. <laughs> oh, level Wait great. a minute. How far in are we? Seven minutes. Yeah, that's all. All right, there you go. Sid. As far as we've made it, and uh, and Phil is rained out. Everyone's rained out. We have no race to talk about. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. Goodbye. Yes. Goodbye.
Uh, we I, actually had one track in the state down here get to run yesterday, and that was Hendry County Speedway. But that's, I think they advertise themselves as the southernmost speedway in the country. Are they, though? They might be. They're, they're down south of Okeechobee, Lake Okeechobee. Is it south of Miami? That name is funny, dude. <laughs> I mean, like, weekly tracks, not not. Oh, so they're That's lying because Miami is further south than them, and they have a speedway there. They race once a year, but they still have a speedway. Is it there. in Miami, or is it? It is more. It's more southern than them, so they lose. Or is I it actually no in Miami? That's like saying that Winchester is the fastest half mile when clearly Bristol is. It's false advertising. How many different tracks advertise themselves as the fastest half mile? Everyone I think does. there's like three or four of them. I swear to God, they all do. No, there I know there are Eldora more, does. Yeah, there are more fastest half miles than there are Richie Evans Memorial races. Uh, could be actually. That's shocking. Yeah, I don't believe it, but it could be because there's like 37 of those. Exactly. Oh man. Anyway, so um, now we do have something to talk about because uh, prior to or no. After we recorded last week, Stafford came out and announced that because of the fight in the pit area in the SK Modified pits, they suspended Keith Rocco, Ronnie Williams, and Brian Narducci for one race following that fight in the pits. Now, all I'm seeing on social media is people saying, why are you suspending the stars of the show? I'm not going to come watch if you suspend the stars. It's like, do you read the rule book? Rulebook clearly states zero tolerance policy to fighting, and it will result in a one-race suspension if if so, doing so in the pit area. So it's going to be a popularity contest to see which one follows the rules and which one doesn't. Right. What I they're saying know. is that Stafford shouldn't follow that policy. I guess if I was up there and I was racing my street stock and I got into a fight in the pits, it would be totally fine for me to get suspended for a race. But for the stars of the show, quote-unquote. You are a star, Brent. You're on the Making lo- Laps podcast, Brent. Yeah, and I, I get more followers than those people. Uh, and they, you know, again, would come out and say, oh, well, why are you suspending the stars of the show? Uh, because there's 15 other guys willing to take their place? <laughs> you have yeah. to... Sh- it's, it's stupid to say that. I'm sorry, but you're all dumb. So does this week count as far as their weekly suspension? That's another comment that they had, and obviously not. Because it says one race, not one week. Okay. That, I, did, no, I wanted not, to know. No, I'm not yelling at you. Or That's nothing. a good it's question, just, though. Yeah. It's not. Because everybody kind knows of. it's a race. Why would you suspend somebody for one week and then it rains out and be like, oh, suspension. You know, it's like, I don't know. No, that, I'm, not that, the, I'm not the judge. You, sir, <laughs> are guilty. One week. That was aggressive. Sorry, that was the only gavel I got, you know? The whole camera rotated like 15 degrees. Oh, it did a little bit, yeah. Don't touch it, it'll fall off. Jesus Christ, that's right. Um, Uh, The the only thing, like the only opinion I have on that whole fight issue was, Ronnie Williams, what are you doing? Don't walk into a pit full of Italians after a race. Don't walk into somebody else's pit in general. Hey, Rocco, remember the neighborhood! (laughs) It's like, I see that and I open my eye. Don't go to somebody else's pit and be mouthy and expect nothing to happen. That's the thing. They, they want me to fight the fight. I'll fight the fight. Big deal. I'll fight the fight. I'm just going to get my face kicked in. I love how unsuspecting Keith Rocco is, too, because you don't see that out of him often. No, and... Um, you you to, do not see him get fired up. No, and... Uh, the be, last couple of weeks I said we, he has been now, so I'm, I'm saying, you know... 
like I said, that new hip has him all feisty. He's all ready, well, and, full of piss and vinegar, ready to go. Smoke some. They've meat. also been having kind of an off season so far. Has he even won a race in the SKs? There, I'm pretty sure he has. Oh no! They had a lot of different winners. Maybe, maybe to start he won the year. early in the season, but I know he's just kind of been bottom of the top ten. Yeah, but his night. house car has won. I'm fairly twice. certain he's won. His house cars yeah. have won twice. Fairly certain. Narducci and Tyler Hines have won, so can't be that mad. I thought Hines just bought a car off of Rocco because he's a Troyer dealer. I don't know, but it still had yeah, the I old stickers on it. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I don't know. Anyway, so, I mean, what do you expect? The rules to just not apply to the stars of the show because that's what you think the, the entire show is based off of? Right. No. It's like, how do you make a name for other guys? You know? Allow them their their chance to not be stupid and run the race, you know. I don't I don't understand why people think it's okay for the stars of the show to get away with dumb shit when it's clearly ruled in the clearly listed in the rules that you're not allowed to with a zero tolerance policy. What do you think my place think? That's right. You know what? I, what I want to see is if they put anybody in their cars. Um, Adam probably won't. Uh, Narducci won't because that's Keith's car. And, right, but uh, Keith, that's a rented car, so is Keith going to rent it out to someone else? Maybe even rent his? or Keith probably won't because it's his car. I don't well, think Keith's he'll rent his own put his, car out. Keith's well, that's not his, his car. Into it, so. That's Refrano's car. I don't think... I think Refrano... I thought Refrano just sponsored his car a little bit, and I thought Keith ran his whole organization himself now. Well, if you watch the documentary, you guys would know that Keith would put his brother into the car if he got suspended once. Yeah, that's true. He did do that once, didn't he? Right. That'd be it. That'd be see, interesting. I, was listening, I want to see Jeff back in a car. I was paying attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen him do it before. Eh, whatever. Nothing's outside the realm of possibility. But again, we'll see. It's only going to get juicier. That's for sure. It just seems it's just stupid to think that you can make the rules apply to some and not others. It's like, well, why have rules? Why have rules? You know, well, they're the stars of the show, so they could get away with soaking tires. Well, they're the stars of the show, so they can get away with having illegal engines. No. Wrong. You're stupid. Be a darf somewhere else and just not in public, okay? We don't want to hear you. Oh, we got some other stupid comments, don't we? We have plenty of stupid comments <laughs> because I am bringing back one of my favorite segments that I never get to put back on because I never find anything this stupid to put on live air. But Hold I on. found one. Okay. It is the return of the comment of the week. I was going to say, turn that down just a hair. <laughs> nah, so it's I, lovely. I just good. like to talk over it a little bit. Never, never mind. Okay, so comment of the week deals with the recent and ongoing Hoosier tire shortage. Okay? okay. Now... I don't remember where I pulled this off of, if it was Stafford Motor Speedway or Waterford or Race Day CT. Everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's in the same boat. They're all reporting the same thing. I don't know. I wanted to give credit, but I just took a screen cap of their face. And I'm not even going to say, and I'm not even going to like hold back their name. I'm actually going to put their name out there because of how dumb this comment really is. Okay. So this comment is from somebody called M. John Ramos. It sounds like a fake name. Uh, and who doesn't use their first name as a psychopath because you got a first name. So anyway, um, 
No, seriously, <laughs> if you have a first name, but you put an initial and go by your middle name instead, you're a psychopath. Like, obviously, because you you can't handle the fact that you don't like your own name that much. You hate yourself that much, you got to change your own name to something else. Like, forget it. To move, John. Move, yeah, something completely. It's probably Marsha or something. It's an M. I don't know what the hell it is. I don't know, whatever. Maybe his parents didn't like him. Uh, but anyway, here's his comment on the recent Hoosier tire shortage. It says, wow, more capitalist supply chain problems. It's S almost like slapping a huge profit. He's probably meant to say it's A. Oh, actually, no, he didn't because it's. it says it's S almost like he put an extra S in there. Sorry. It's almost like slapping a huge profit on everything in all caps and allowing corporations to never pay taxes does not work as well as advertised. No punctuation whatsoever. What's nine plus 10? 21. It's probably Stupid. Bill McNeil. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, but this has his whole thing here that's, has absolutely that's not something McNeil would say. No. no, it's not something McNeil would say. It's the exact opposite of what he would say. Yeah. Um, every single thing that this person put on for for an argument here is completely wrong. <laughs> There's no possible way this makes any sense at all in in economics. Like no way, no possible sense. Are you looking up the Billy Madison thing? Yes, I am. Thank you. You keep going while okay. I get going. All right, so here's the thing. I don't understand. I'm sorry this is political, but it does deal with the comment of the week. So Doesn't that's just kind freaking of matter. So okay, I'm sorry, but we're just kind of rolling through it Politics here, has reared its ugly head. It has because of the comment of the week brought. Again, if somebody just said, wow, that really sucks, I would have moved on. That's not a stupid comment. If somebody said, wow, who's your screwing up? I would have moved on because that's not a stupid thing. But it's just a stupid. It's just a stupid thing to say. It's not being outwardly obtuse. This is a person who has an obvious uh, idea that they have some kind of like. What am I thinking of here? Uh, some kind of. Uh, ah man, even I sound stupid now. No, so they have some kind of ideology that they want to apply to literally everything, and they can't do it. So they try their hardest, and it completely fails. And it's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, the reason why there's a supply chain problem is because you shut the country down. Government. <laughs> the government shut, shut the, the country, country down. down. If the, the reason why capitalism works, kids, is when people don't get involved in it. Okay, like the government. That's why. Okay. Yeah, I get it with the whole thing about, you know, monopolies and such. That's the only reason the government should ever get involved. But it's the government's response to a pandemic that doesn't really exist. It's when you shut everything down, yeah. it's a government response. Eventually, you're going to run out of things to sell because nothing's moving. Sorry, I'm just going to say it's a government response. Now, number one, the government's response is that they couldn't farm the fields in China or whatever, wherever the place where plants. you get the rubber tree plant or sassafras or rubber tree or whatever the hell bull it crap is. it is. Okay. So you can get the feels. And then all of a sudden, so the government's response to that is to not do anything about it. And then all of a sudden, China gets better government response. Quote, unquote. And, oh, we're all fine over here. And now their demand has gone <laughs> higher. And now everybody's hurting because of it because now we get the sloppy seconds. So, anyway. What are you talking about? So, anyway. anyway. Yeah, so 
My question the is... Government has oh, go never, the government is responsible for food lines, bread lines, food shortages. Governments are responsible for that. Capitalism has never made a country go hungry. Capitalism has never made a country go so hungry to the point where they eat their zoo animals, Venezuela. Yeah, that's... That's Thanks, heavy. socialism. And if you want to start going, oh, well, what about roads and blah, 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 and fire, fire department? It's called a town. Okay? It's called a freaking town. Like, we didn't have roads before Karl Marx and, and Vladimir Lenin and Kant and everyone else, and Trotsky, reared their stupid heads <laughs> in the 1800s. You didn't have roads before then? They did. Who gives a shit? They had car God pass, almighty. Yeah. But it's like... If you're going to spout this nonsense, okay, what's your solution then? If you don't offer a solution, then how do you even back your argument up? It's just stupid. You know, I can't even. This is why we're dragging this on, is because I just can't fathom. Taxes have nothing to do with shortages. It doesn't. Capitalist supply chain problems, he said. Okay. What about any other type of government? Are they not having supply chain problems too, or they just always have them? What you can't figure out how to load? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I uh, you might want to check YouTube for that one. But anyway, um, it's slapping a huge profit on everything and allowing corporations to never pay tax. Well, how the fuck? It, it's those are those are straw man arguments. S- that yeah, I understand. Those are problems. Corporations should pay their taxes. A lot of them but do. Taxation is theft <laughs> anyway, so who gives us turkey? But yeah, a lot of them pay more than taxes than you even notice, but they don't pay enough. But obviously, you know, because there's loopholes. But you got to pay your lobbyist somehow. But that's not a capitalist problem either. It's like how the hell do you pay for everything else? I mean, shit. Oh, I just don't. I you know, I think I'm pretty well over it. But uh, you know, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. A simple wrong would have done just fine, but, you know. That was... Our comment of the week. So congratulations, uh, M. John Ramos. You have won absolutely nothing. Can we change it to Darth comment of the week? I like that. Darth comment of the week. Coming next week. Well, maybe next. Well, whenever we come up with another stupid comment like this. I'm sure there'll be more soon. Thompson's racing this week. Only in America can people be allowed to be this stupid, to be this disrespectful of a country that gives them so much. Now I understand why other countries want to ban social media. <laughs> yeah, it's cancer. Literally. It is the worst thing to ever happen to humanity. Yep. Capitalism is wrong as I type on my iPad. <laughs> From my iPhone as and I then drink put a Starbucks. selfie on my iPhone holding up a Starbucks. And drink, walking in Nikes and walking into, I don't know, whatever store you can say. Walmart. Yeah, there you go. That's whatever. whatever. Everybody knows a Walmart, right? Okay, so... Capitalism uh, is murder. Everything is murder. Murder yourself. Formula anyway. One is murder. Who's that? Formula One. Not lately. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Hey, they were the, one of the few people actually racing this week. It's warm in here. Dude. I wish that would. You know what? I guarantee you, YouTube hits us for that too because it's a, a national anthem of some sort, and they probably copyrighted it, knowing Russia. Why did the they Olympics... already try and hit us for it? They have, yeah. They said that we can't play it on YouTube. But it's <laughs> public domain. Does the, does the Olympics have the right to it? They probably do. But... Is that it? <laughs> they probably. I don't. Nah. I don't know. <laughs> It's fair and use, right? The Olympics, where weed is illegal, but but playing in a women's sport with a penis is perfectly fine. How do we, that doesn't make any sense to me at all? Because <laughs> marijuana is not a performance enhancement. In fact, it probably it decreases your performance because all you want to do is eat Cheetos and watch cartoons, and then you allow these guys to be in women's programs, but they have testosterone, and testosterone is on the banned substance list. Yeah, there's <laughs> testosterone in the penis. Yeah. <laughs> Cheating. Doesn't make sense. You got to cheat to eat. Men anyway. aren't women. Move on. Okay, so um, we went to... Watch your profanity. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, we went to... Well, I think I went to. Uh, Jesse wanted to go to, but he was stuck baking in a big brown truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil was in Florida. It's been three weeks and I'm still fat. He's been, Phil was in Florida, um, building an ark. Yeah, and um, <laughs> playing with death death spiders and black widows. Uh, Jesus Christ, Phil! <laughs> why did you move to the Australia of America? It was actually a brown widow. They don't. They're not deadly. <laughs> oh, so they just have the hourglass on them, and it's just okay. Yes. No, it's getting stomped. That I sounds like care. racism to me. Oh no, I, I definitely uh, let it have a nice drink of brake clean. Did you step on it afterwards? I ran it over with the lawn tractor. That'll do. So I was at Seekonk with uh, Sid DiMaggio and uh, Nicola Rose and uh, Kenny Stewart and his uh, wife there, Megan. And uh, we were trying to film the tri-track race at Seekonk for Open Wheel Wednesday. Uh, they had the 350 Super Modifieds, which actually were pretty cool there. I uh, love the 350 Modifieds. I they want were, one so bad. They were cool. I really kind of want one. Uh, they also had NEMA lights, and they had the Tri-Track Open Modified series there, which was awesome. Uh, big problem, though. Uh, they were kind of shooting for getting done before the rain and thunder and lightning hit because it was an epic storm coming in, if anybody would seen the pictures on Facebook because... Everybody was posting. It looked like the, the uh, alien ship from uh, Independence Day coming out through the clouds. It's just giant wall of clouds. It was huge. Um, but they were on pace to do it. But they had an even bigger problem. Um, probably about 7, 7.30. Uh, the lights went out. And we didn't really need lights because it was still daylight. And it is until about 8.30 up here. But the problem was... Down the road from Seekonk, they are in a commercial district, a transformer exploded, knocking out all power down the strip. No streetlights, no businesses, nothing, absolutely nothing. And Seekonk doesn't have their own bespoke generator, like, say, Thompson. Thompson has their own generators. They have two giant generators on site. They could literally live off the grid if they needed to. (laughs) Yeah, R2 blew up down the street. 
Uh, but it was a mess. And I know that they said National Grid was working on it, and they were trying to get it restored. They, uh, it was kind of sketchy, though. I'll be honest. Um, they tried really hard to get heat races in and just do everything over, like, radios. But they didn't have any caution lights on the track. And Problem. They, they had to hand score it. And they had, um, but they did take and they put flaggers in the corners so that when the caution came out, they came over the radio and threw the caution flag in the corners. But it was still kind of sketchy because guys weren't slowing down very well. Um, That I might put on the officials and spotters just to have to relay the information faster over the radio. But again, sometimes these guys are racing hard and not paying as much attention and they're looking for lights and well, that's i'm sure just they're just trying to get it in until they could find an answer see if how long the delay is going to be with power if it's going to be a quick fix or if it's going to be you yeah, know, know uh a they temporary had, layoff or it wasn't what to do you know it wasn't that devil's advocate it was whatever you know it could have been a lot worse but it really wasn't that bad i'll be fair it really wasn't mm-hmm. they made it work they got a few heat races in uh, and then it got dark enough to where they didn't feel comfortable with putting race cars on the track. And so everybody in the grandstands, there was no PA system. There's no power at all, you know? And so Seekonk is one of those racetracks that thinks on their feet really quickly. <laughs> like if something yeah. goes wrong, they come up with a solution really quickly. They've been good about that for years. Oh, yeah. Like if there's nobody to sing the national anthem, Kevin will just do it. Like, right on the front stretch. He's like, oh, we don't have it? Okay, I'll just sing it. And he just goes and does it right away. Kevin's cool as heck, though. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have yeah, a flagger. They'll, if they don't have he's a flagger, awesome. you know, if somebody is sick, they don't have a flagger, they'll pull somebody up and they'll flag for the night. They'll get the kid out of the grandstands. Flag the race, Junior. Yeah, Go. here's your headset. Yeah. They don't care. They'll just make it happen. So, Kevin Boucher gets in a cop car. One of the local police. They ride out on track. And he drives it out, points the car up at the grandstands, and he gets on the PA in the cop car. Pretty smart right there. Which is That's intelli- friggin' smart. That thing is loud, too. Yeah. We could hear him down the backstretch. It was hilarious. So he goes around with the track, or goes around the track, pointing the cop car all around the track and tells everybody around the track, hey, we're in a little delay. We've been told under an hour to fix this thing, and we're going to try. So we wait. And it, the the clouds are rolling in. There is lightning everywhere, like everywhere. It is like ball lightning. It is like that lightning that goes through the clouds in a horror movie. It's really bad. So they're like, okay, this is dangerous. We're pulling the plug on this one. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing they did because right when they did, it started to sprinkle on us. So luckily, everybody got out of there before it started to rain really heavily. And... uh it was just, you know, it was just one of those you can't win type of days, you know. You just couldn't win. But they tried really hard. I got to give Tri-Track and Seekonk a lot of credit. They tried really hard. But it just I didn't was, work out. I was actually really impressed that through all of that, uh, Speed 51 was able to get their stream back online despite no power. The only reason they were was because they actually had a battery system with them that they plugged their computer and uh, all their stuff into. Oh, did they? Yeah, like their camera was on a battery and their computer was on a battery and all that stuff, but that's all they could do. Yeah, I didn't know who was there 
uh, filming. I didn't know if it was Connor or if it was like Brandon Paul or someone like that. I think Connor was there. I saw Nick Tito there. Um, yep. We were there. A lot of people there filming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those <laughs> just no win situations. I think they're going to try again. I forgot when. August twenty fifth, I believe it was. Was it the twenty fifth? Yeah. Okay, there. They're gonna try again on Wednesday, August twenty fifth. But that just just couldn't win, man. Just couldn't. couldn't I I applaud them for at least trying. A couple years ago, I went there and it sprinkled for like all of thirty minutes, and they're like, "Yeah, we lost the track. We don't have track drying equipment," and they shut down. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's a. as of today, as of uh, this recording or whatever, there's no, uh, there's no, uh, uh, what is it, uh, rain date or what is it? not the rain date, but makeup date for the uh, tri track at Waterford. Or you mean for the, the uh, for, not tri track? I'm sorry, the Fast, fast five, five Series. Yeah, the Fast oh, yeah, Five. The fast yeah, five yeah, the Fast Five. I mean, that rained out on Saturday. Yeah, it really stinks. I mean. Uh, it's bad enough that they, you know, the rain chooses to wash out the evening's racing activities and whatever. But when you do it on a marquee event, it kind of stings even a little bit more. And you know? what's even worse is that the two biggest weekends for kind of bummed. I really wanted to go to Speed Bowl this weekend. Yeah. No. Again, the two biggest races for or weekends for racetracks is Memorial Day and the July Fourth weekend. Yeah, that's the biggest money makers, and to have both of them rain out is a real pisser. Yeah, that's very unfortunate. Uh, yeah, no makeup day as of yet. This weekend at the Speed Bowl is going to be the extra distance race for a truck and open street stocks. Oh, they got open street stocks. It's yep. probably going to be the same type of open street stocks that you're going to see at Thompson on Wednesday. Because mm. they're going to have uh, a $1,000 to win uh, open street stock race like they had at the Icebreaker. And uh, mini stocks are back on the card, but SKs still aren't because apparently they can't run on old tires. So, I hate my job. <laughs> I, I don't know. That that whole thing chaps my ass. Like, why can't you have these guys run on old tires? No one's explained it to me yet. I've I put it out on Twitter. I've been asking on the show. Absolutely nobody's answered me. I think it's the competitors. I don't think they want to run. They won't run. Thompson Speedway blocked me and deleted my comment on Facebook. And what did you say? I said, let me see. Let so me see if I have the screen. Controversial. Here. Yeah, Phil's being controversial. You should have at least plugged the show in what you said. <laughs> let me see. I know I saved it. I couldn't help you because I don't know where it is. I know you sent me a screen cap of it, but I didn't. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I said Stafford didn't seem to have a problem finding options to avoid this issue. This is pure laziness to me and poor preparation. We've known about the tire shortages for over a month. Why is this just now being publicly addressed? I said, let these guys man up and drive on old tires. Who care if they have grip or not? The grip is in your right foot. Find it the old-fashioned way. Make them run on late model tires. Oh, I see. I, see. <laughs> I, could, I could totally see why they deleted the comment, though. Yeah, because... you called them lazy. Well, because uh, you, you didn't put the kid gloves on, that's for sure. Yeah, they, and they need they to be like handled with kid gloves or else, you know, their feelings get hurt. And we, we don't want feelings in the yeah. way. Yeah, no. Yeah. Can't hurt their and, feelings. And I, and I have a fu- funny feeling I know exactly who runs their uh, social media, but I'm not going to call them out. No comment at this time. 
Okay. No, because I, I like the guy, and he's just doing his job. But seriously, knock it the fuck off. <laughs> How far oh, into profanity. <laughs> you, you cussed more than me in this episode. I've counted. You got three already, so. Who? 36? Brent does. Well, he Brent should've... does. I have none. Well, he should have uh, called me out on it. Yeah. No, it's all good. Anyway. So, let's just fire through a few things. I was reading the news, and it said that Trackhouse had purchased Ganassi, and I'm like, is that not backwards? Did they yeah, did that they, did they type that backwards? Yeah, you think of Ganassi as being a powerhouse because of the IndyCar and the, and the sports car uh, success that they have, but he hasn't done any diddly squat in, in NASCAR, really. I heard a comment. You know? Somebody had said, I don't get this comment, and it's, you know, what's it? Pitbull, the pop star, what's his face? Yeah, what about him? He's partial owner of that team or something. He's an well, track house? Yeah, in track house. Yeah, I think he's where the track house name comes from. Okay. Um, but he came out and said on the inter- in the uh, press conference that Kyle Larson getting fired in 2020 was good for not only NASCAR, but also for track house or something like that. And I'm like... And people are confused about that, but I'm like, wait a minute. No, that makes perfect sense. Because when he came back, look at what he's doing now. But also, since he got fired from Ganassi, it dropped their performance level to the point where now Trackhouse can afford them. Exactly. Because it devalued the team. Yeah. It devalued the yeah. team. His lack of performance yep. devalued the team to the point where they are now and he can actually say yes yeah, we whatever can success them. carl larson was having with chip ganassi was carl larson and and whatever carrying the team yeah now that they have very minimal talent the team stock has gone lower so now the comment makes sense to me yeah yeah absolutely yeah because okay. people people were super confused about that and i'm like what do you mean this is why no i get it now yeah yeah i so, didn't before but now that you mentioned it yeah yeah Speaking from a strictly business perspective, the value is why they got it now. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense now. Mm-hmm. I didn't even hear that comment, but I'm surprised it didn't take off and blow up as oh, something I mean, race-related or something. If you if you read any comment thread in like Twitter or Facebook, you would have found somebody <laughs> saying that comment at least once. Yeah. I haven't been on a whole lot the past couple of days. You're so. probably better off. I mean, I'm sure that... Trackhouse would def everybody in their right mind would want Kyle Larson as their driver. Mm. Don't get me wrong, but if you're trying to purchase a new team, you don't want to purchase that big contract. Yeah, and you don't right. want yeah. you want to find the next Kyle Larson or whatever. NASCAR is a performance based industry, and if you're not performing as well, you don't have as much value. Therefore, you can purchase it at a lower price. So yes, it was good for NASCAR, and it was good for Trackhouse. So yes, I agree with him completely. So anyway, we got some other stuff to talk about because, let me see here. Oh, Derek Griffith. He's getting into a KBM truck. He's getting in the 51 truck at Gateway. I'd heard about that. That sounds pretty good for him. Yeah. Where do you get the money for that? I don't know. Damn. I don't have any idea. Yeah, that's that's one that you definitely got to bring some money to. So I wonder if he had some kind of deal worked out from the Arca stuff or... He, you know. I saw the rendering of the truck, and it looked like he had a racetrack sponsor on the side of it. What was it, Hudson or Beach Ridge or something like that? I don't know. So he had somebody on the side of the truck. Really? From up for, Yeah, from a North New Hampshire or Maine. 
I don't know which track it was, but I thought it was Hudson for some reason. I don't know why. I saw that, and I'm like, I don't know if that's actually the sponsor or not. Was it one of the Norm Ren tracks, maybe? Like, just don't quote me. Yeah, it was definitely, it looked like a Norm Ren track, but don't quote me on that, obviously. It's I don't just know. A, It's just a pre-race rendering. It could I'm too have lazy to Google it right it now. It could have something so completely different on. down the side of it. I don't even know. So. All right, so. You, you talk about something different, and I will try to find this. The rendering? Sponsorship, the rendering. Oh, okay. I should have just looked that up, but I just kind of popped in my head at this point. But have you guys been watching... I know, Jesse, you're probably not getting home. Um, Hudson Speedway. Hudson Speedway. So was I re- partially right? Yeah, no, it says Hudson Speedway right on the right on the quarter panels. Hudson Speedway. Huh. Oh, no kidding. Well, the rendering came from what? Came from? Came from KBM. KBM, yeah. Oh, well, look at that, That's huh? Cool. Neat. That's a track I've always wanted to go to, but I just never have had the time. I, really I, I do have to, to say, Hudson Speedway has become a really nice facility from the shithole it was. <laughs> they turned it around quite a bit, is what you're saying? Because I knew it used to be kind of rough, but I heard they've yeah. made so many improvements to it. And I just, you know, I kind of wanted to go when it was rough, you know, but I, I, I <laughs> still even want to go to it now. I don't think they paved the track, but they definitely paved the uh, the pit area and they put up a wall on the backstretch finally. Oh, yeah, instead of the tire wall? Yeah, the, well, the tire wall or the trees or the pond. All three. Yeah, that's definitely one that I really want to go to. God, I hate my job. Anyway. Moving on. Moving I on. mean, they race on Sundays. They do race on Sundays, but that's oh, buddy shoot. time. Take them to the track. Take them to the track on the bike. Let's go on the bike. So. Hold on tight. You guys catch the newest season of Lost Speedways? No, yes. I haven't watched one episode of that. I don't like watching uh, because it's more like a snuff film for me, watching those. You understand what I'm saying? Because oh, I get I, it. I get it. Because I don't want to watch it because it's like, well, this track used to be great, and now it's a total toilet, and it's sad. Yeah. It, it's just I don't want to watch tragedies. I, it's a tragedy. It's a, it's a tragedy to me. I don't like watching tragedies. I'm an American. I want happy endings. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a, probably a nail salon down the street from you that might give them in the back of the massage tables. Well, I'll take any kind of happy ending. Yeah, that'd be that'd be <laughs> fantastic. Somebody with little tiny feet that walks up and down my back as it's sore. That'd be great. But, you know, those are few and far between, too, you know? The internet shuts them down, too. Anyway, well, they, they went to a bunch of... I gotta, uh, go, I gotta go with Robert Kraft and stuff and go hang out with him, I guess. I don't know. He's got the hookup. Got the hookup, yeah. The hook, the hooker up, yeah. That too. Hooker up. But they went to a bunch of very famous places, uh, even if you never heard of them. Uh, they went to the Daytona Beach and Road Course, and they traced that around, which was pretty interesting to see. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I understand why that would be a lost speedway. I mean, that's been replaced, so it's not really that. Bad. That's different. It's yeah, that's m- different. Almost, a, it's a street course. And then they went to wow. uh, they went to Pennsboro. Which used to be the home of the biggest dirt race in the world. Um, I forgot what it was called. I'm sorry. I just, I'm just kind of dirt going. late model world championships or something like that. Yeah, they were paying like fifty, sixty grand to win this race. It was huge. Like people were just coming from left and right. Wow. I mean, just everywhere would come out to this. They did uh, San Antonio Speedway, which closed like six or seven years ago, probably. Mm-hmm. Not, which, 
think 2006, something like that. 2013, they were still racing. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, they closed very recently. Gotcha. And apparently there's only, in the whole state of Texas, there's only one short track left. Yeah, it's like Houston Motorsports Park yeah. or something like that. That seems really. That seems ridiculous. That's like, one asphalt track. There's dirt tracks, I'm sure. Yeah, there's dirt tracks everywhere, but there's only one asphalt track. It's that whole section of the country, though. They're all geared more towards dirt. You don't find a lot of asphalt tracks down well, in that Well, Texas is either area. dirt track or drag racing. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Then they went to Columbia Speedway, which was the home of the uh, 1966 boycott with the Hemi engines and all that. That was a pretty interesting one. Texas World Speedway. Uh, yeah, that made that would make me sad watching Texas World Texas Speedway. Texas World Speedway was a good one. That was, I've always yeah. been fascinated with that track. That place just wrong place, wrong time, basically. Yep. Uh, they went to Arundel, which is up in Maine. They had Bentley Warren on. That was pretty cool. That, that was awesome. The track still ex essentially exists, but it's just kind of asphalt at this point. Uh, they went to Cleveland County uh, Fairgrounds, which I don't really know that much about. It's the track that almost killed Herb Thomas, basically. Um, and then they finished it out with Myrtle Beach, which pretty much destroyed me. That was really that, sad. That was tough to that watch. That was really bad. Yeah, because I, I downloaded the last race off of Speedway 51. I Yeah, I pirated that one because <laughs> that that's that's right there in the ticker. That that hurts. Yeah, because that's... I mean, that's a that's nationally recognized track. Yeah. Going down the toilet. And that's where Dale Earnhardt Jr. obviously is a host, but he got his first win in a late model no. at Myrtle Beach. And for that's what? where he built his career, really. Yeah, basically built his career in late models there. I mean, they're still regrouping from the hurricane that last hit five, six years ago. So what was so how how much could the land possibly be worth? It's worth you know, a lot. You know what the saddest estate, thing? You know? What do you need? The saddest thing golf about course? the whole the saddest thing about the whole Myrtle Beach deal is the plans for the building fell through and it's just sitting there. So 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 the reason that they, they closed it down. down okay. The they reason tore that, down the stands and all the buildings for basically no reason. So for nothing. They can't do anything. Well, they already purchased the property, but now they just aren't going to use it as a racetrack, so they just tore it down. Well, uh, here's well, an idea. How about sell it and make it a racetrack? Well, it's fucking gone now. I mean, shoot. Watch your profanity. There's one for as you, Sid. <laughs> asphalt's still there. The walls are still there. Mostly. The yeah. pad for the grandstand's still there. You know what we should do? Because no one, because all these racetracks close down for malls and shopping centers and buildings and whatever. No one's going to malls anymore anyway. They're all buying off of Amazon, making me sweat my butt off in the truck for you know, 9, 10, 11 hours a day. Yeah, have you seen the Sorry. documentary about yeah. malls closing down? That's hilarious. You know, why don't we just go to Danbury, bulldoze that sucker right down there, and go race the parking lot? <laughs> why don't we bulldoze the mall down in Danbury? Take that thing right back. My whole problem well, is that don't complain about the noise because you got the highway right there anyway. So who cares? Yeah, and you got all the people with their four wheelers illegally racing down the streets too. So make me <laughs> sick. What they I do love it, how you know? say it illegally because I, that's normal everyday life down here. Well, it's not exactly legal in a lot of places because they're you not can't ride your four wheeler in an urban area normally. No, it's that's how it is. Most, that's how it is in most places. 
All right, so instead of instead of staying in the uh, depths of depression because we watch our sport that we actually enjoy die because we're dinosaurs, apparently, uh, let's go to the SRX race because that was really I good. I have crippling depression. <laughs> yeah, that was incredibly good. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. That yeah, was that fun was to good, watch. Good race. Yeah. Ernie, that was some tight racing. I don't even care what happened before that. I'm telling you, they say everybody saved their tires until like the last 20 laps, and that last 20 laps was really fun to watch, especially because they had a caution, which yeah. they throw for entertainment purposes, or they have cautions that actually are real. But um, whatever, it's written in the rules, so it doesn't yeah, matter. Could, it's not. It's not like the caution clock in the uh, truck series. Ugh, that was terrible. Oh, that was a disaster. Um, but no, it's actually like it's meant to be entertainment, and they don't shy away from that fact. It's written in the rules. That's the yeah. way it is, and I'm I'm fine with that. That's, yeah. that's how it is. That's fine. Um, but Ernie Francis Jr., the 23-year-old already goat in Trans Am racing, what seven-time champion in Trans Am at 23? Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it was it seven consecutive? Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, <laughs> it was seven consecutive. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was strong <laughs> the whole race long. I'm telling you, uh, the ringer was. Uh, was uh, uh, Bobby Santos the third, or he was the local guy, wasn't he? It, well, technically they call it the ringer, don't they? No, they call it the local guy, and then they have the ringer. Right, but Scott you know, Speed was the ringer. Was Scott Speed the ringer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Bobby Santos was the local guy, but he has um, not, that's not a local. lot of silver crown guy midget. Lives in Massachusetts. <laughs> well, he does live in Indiana now. But oh, I he mean, does now for the USAC stuff. He he races silver crown. Okay. and that's his full time. Gig is Silver Crown Midgets, some uh, uh, um, uh, 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 every kind of asphalt midget. Yeah, basically. anything open wheel midget. Yeah. Sprint car, duh. Oh yeah, sprint. Uh, and that's technically sprints. his tra- yeah. home track now, isn't he? Competing for a championship there in, in something, the USAC cars or something. Yeah, he races. Yeah, like I, I said, he so, races yeah. all three of them. He races all the oval track. Um, he races the oval track asphalt races. Basically, he ba- he battles the Swanson brothers. Sometimes they beat him. Sometimes he beats them. Basically, it's it's those those three drivers, Cody and uh, uh, I forget the other one's name. Uh, hmm. Cody Swanson and his other brother, something Swanson, and his Bobby Santos. Darryl? Yeah, and and Bobby Santos are the top three. That's yeah, Toby. <laughs> I don't know what the heck ever. Samsonite. Whatever. I was way off. But yeah, it's always those three guys that that race the open wheel cars there. Anyway, and they're at the top of the division, whatever. Yeah, he he kind of uh, he kind of douched uh, Paul Tracy there a little bit, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. He kind of came in a little bit hot, little came bit, in a little no. bit hot. You know what I'm saying? Just, just got to give it a shot once in a while. He got in there a little hot and locked up that left and locked up the rear tires, kind of. It just got into him and he <laughs> turned him around a little bit. <laughs> Ugh. But the race for the lead but at the end. wasn't on purpose, but. The race for the lead at the end between Ernie Francis Jr. and Scott Speed was exactly what we paid for. <laughs> that yeah. was a freaking battle, well, and I loved every second of it. I watched, yeah. Ray, Ray Evernham was sitting there smiling. I know it. Oh, smiling I mean, or cringing, waiting for them to twist metal. They were, yeah, side by side. Scott Speed and Ernie Francis were banging each other's doors. They were it was great, but you know what? The, Scott Speed could have had the opportunity to really 
wash them up into the wall or do them real dirty and really just jack them up, but he didn't do it. It was just nope. good hard racing. It was. It was really a lot hard. of fun to watch. And it was showcasing what short track racing is all about on national television. Yep, it was exciting racing. This is... I, I don't know why they don't race at IRP for like the Xfinity series or you know truck series or whatever. It's like well, yeah, they you threw away to, a good track. Know. I used to love watching them race there. They beat. Oh, yeah. They did exactly that. They beat the crap out of each other, and it was great. Well, yeah, well, that's just them steering away from from their roots and whatnot, and bringing it to a more national level. But that's another as topic if anybody of cares because people watch it on TV now. Yeah, of that's going another there. conversation for another day, but. <laughs> What I like about the SRX racing is that the guys can make, you know, little tiny adjustments or whatever with air pressure or bar or whatever with their celebrity crew chiefs to the car so that, yeah, they're all equal, but the drivers can actually help themselves, not just by turning the steering wheel, but by giving car feedback and whatnot, Yeah, which is fantastic. I mean, Ray Everham has had plenty of time to learn about how to make every car equal. He used to work for Roger Penske in the IRX series back in the early 80s. Yeah, he did. Setting these things up. So he knows what he's doing. Not to mention other than being Jeff Gordon's crew chief. He used to work for IROC. Yeah. Way, right. way back. So so uh, I like that rule where they can make a little bit of an adjustment to the car. So, but yeah, I'll tell I think you it's what. only plus or minus a half inch on the uh, track bar is really the only adjustment they get, I think. Yeah, that and some air pressure. Yeah. Because they got new tires for the feature this time instead of racing on old tires. Yeah. Which I don't, man, whatever. Who cares? That's that's okay. Though. That's that's cool. If that's all wanted, the difference in the world. If they want to do it, that's fine. Whatever. That's, that's all their the show. difference in the world. And I'll tell you what, that Ernie Francis kid, pff, it, he he really was something. He really was something. He almost gave it away to Bobby Labonte. Bobby Labonte is a little bit of a gentleman to the fault. He didn't race him as hard as Scott Speedwood. Well, Bobby Labonte said his car was extremely tight at the end, too. So Right. Well, yeah, he didn't want to just drive into him. He would never have been well, able to he, get away. He's not yeah. that way anyway, kind of to nah. a fault. Yeah, but, but he probably know. wouldn't have been able to get away. <laughs> if yeah. you're going to do that, you got to be able to get away. And if you can't, then there ain't no yeah. point in doing it. I mean, Scott Speed was out of the equation thanks to a little brush-up between him and Helio. <laughs> <laughs> that was Good funny. Good God. Did yeah. you see Elio after the race go after Scott Speed in the pits? Yeah, he was yeah, not really, happy. He didn't really go. No, 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 no. Look, looked like a father scolding the child. Doesn't he? I mean, <laughs> I mean, at least he wasn't an abusive father, you know, that takes the plate of spaghetti and throws it up against the wall going, You overcooked it! What's wrong with you? Well. I was waiting for Phil to mention the Marcus Lemonis tweet. No, I was gonna. I was waiting for, waiting for a chance. Well, you've been no, teed that, up. I, <laughs> Say what? I present. said you've been teed up. Please present. No, so I guess right after the race, Marcus Limonis, uh sent out a tweet basically uh, saying, whatever we need to do, we'll help you if you're interested in getting in a truck. Yeah. If you're so, interested and, in going NASCAR racing, give me a call. Is it going to be only $10,000? Because other than that, it's going to take a little bit more than that. Probably take <laughs> a little bit more. I, yeah. I have a funny feeling we'll see Shelby probably Creed. see him in either a GMS truck in that 17, or you'll probably see him in a Nice Motorsports truck. I'd rather see him in the GMS truck. You know what I Ryan like about that? That thing is worth it. You know what I like about this XRX series showcasing with Ernie Francis Jr.? Basically, what they've done is open up a giant talent pool to a whole yeah. new group of drivers and basically elevating 
uh, the level of talent and w whatever it is their game is that you're going to have to bring to NASCAR. So, I mean, we already have road racers in NASCAR. You have the Michael McDowell's and everything that has a, he was a star Mazda champion. He was a MC, he raced IMSA for a while and blah, blah, blah. But now you're going to see like the Amy Rumans. You're going to see Adam Andretti. You could, you could potentially see any of those people from the Trans Am or the road racing background move up, especially because NASCAR is beginning to be more, uh, receptive to road racing and whatnot so and you're gonna and since er, and ernie francis really proved himself on a short track you're gonna see that new level of talent they're gonna pick from that talent pool especially if he becomes even more successful than what he's already been doing it, it, it and it's been fantastic it's basically if i want to kind of elaborate and put it to uh, a comparison it's kind of like in the nhl in the 80s and 90s when uh, the Iron Curtain dropped in uh, in, in Europe, yeah. and the Soviet bloc countries uh, were unable to keep their their stars from playing hockey in in, in you know communism land. Now they went over to play in the NHL and really raised the NHL to another level. It's going right. to be kind of the same way where everything is just going to rise and get better from that. I think so. Yeah, I agree with that yeah. completely. I, th I just like the fact that there's multiple options for drivers and to get into the truck series. There's teams like DGR with the 17 and GMS with, I think it's the 23, and uh, Nice has a bunch of trucks. They just have options to, to give guys a chance. And Ernie Francis, him and NASCAR would be a great thing. Dude's got some talent, dude. I think. Oh, he hell yeah. I and think he's he got a personality. Yeah, good personality. Yeah, I think he would do very well. I think he's exactly what NASCAR would need at this point. Yeah, it doesn't matter what your background is. We'll take all your money. Doesn't matter what you want. <laughs> as long as is. you have lots of money to bring to the table, we'll be happy with you. Oh man, yeah. I'm waiting for Sid to come back so he can come talk about the uh, documentary shorts that are coming up on Vault Productions YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash SidsView, where you can view us if you'd like to. Uh, a lot of people don't want to see us, but that's okay. Uh, well, why don't we fill this up with some NASCAR talk? Well, do you want to talk NASCAR? I mean, it's old news. I thought people. it was some good racing this week. It was good racing. The, the Cup Series and Xfinity Series were at Road America. It's Road America yeah. on the 4th of July because... We need to have the word America on the 4th of July. Oh, he's Because back. they need those symbols, you know, and whatnot. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I used to, I miss, a, a, you know, a, a traditionalist like myself misses being the Firecracker 400, especially because it's a historic race. Especially, like, Richard Pace 200th win was at the Firecracker 400. Greg Sachs' unbelievable under, underdog win was in 1985 there underdog yeah i know <laughs> air, air quotes I, uh, I definitely miss sitting in the grandstands getting rained on and waiting waiting out all the jet dryers all the various Earnhardts went in at talent went in on the firecracker 400 pepsi 400 etc pepsi 400 whatever yeah but i'll tell you what there are way more places that i would rather be than in florida in july 95 degree heat with about 300% humidity. 
Wisconsin wasn't so bad. I would much rather be in <laughs> Wisconsin. Did you see be, those fans? Than be in friggin' Florida. The fans I would rather fans. be in Florida in July than in August That's when they're fair. actually going to run the Coke 400. I don't want to be in Florida in February. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's like 45 <laughs> degrees. No, it's like 95 degrees in Florida in February. Yes, it is. You're drunk. I am not drunk. My <laughs> as he picks up a can. <laughs> I do not. No, no. <laughs> tell you what, the last couple of years, my my aunt and uncle's second home or whatever down in Florida. Yeah, it was like ninety five degrees. Yeah, but they're down yeah, in where? Florida. Yeah, they're not near me. They're in Naples. They're like five hours from you. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, wrong side of the Panhandle. Or eight, however many. It's that a dual. Is. Panhandle. I'm north of the the Central Florida climate line. Okay. So you're north of the skillet, and you're on the yeah. other side of the panhandle. It's no, a dual I'm, panhandle. I'm north it of goes County like Road this. 50. It goes, it's a panhandle and a panhandle welded at the skillet. So are you at the PG. skillet? Let's move on. I'll keep it PG. Moving on. <laughs> so why don't at this I don't really. Where the spiders live. We could did like thank you. We could talk about NASCAR later, but since we have Sid here, we could actually talk about the documentary hey! shorts that are coming Where to are you? Vault Productions' YouTube channel. Sid, there Yo. we go. So What's we've up? got, we've got these things coming out, with, or you got these things coming out. The Vault Production um, documentary shorts that are mm. coming out. Now, I was gonna say, why don't you explain that for everybody who don't who don't know because we know, but you know, the viewers and listeners need to know what these are so that they can listen and watch or whatever they're gonna do. So, floor is yours. Tens of viewers are waiting on your every word. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, so um, over the years doing the uh, Speedball documentary, um, I just kind of like, you know, I have this whole wall. I don't know, maybe. Can I even show it here with Zoom? Got my whole oh, wall of archives over here. Look at that motion camera work. You like Fantastic. that movement? Not bad. See, there's a. So, ooh, as I uh, went in the. Sorry, it actually goes users. back to when I did the stats and I had to like go and find stats and I used trade papers and I would just kind of get lost. One of the reasons why that and the documentary took so long is I would get lost, like coming across stories from other tracks and stuff. And so I kind of made a list of stuff I would, if I ever finished the documentary that I would like to tackle. And uh, so here we are 11 years later, I finally finished the speedball doc. And um, for now, so, so, huh? For now. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not even going to touch that. I'll leave that alone. Um, so, uh, it's probably, I probably got about 30, uh, stories kind of written down and we narrowed it to five and hold on. Let me get my list. Cause I'm old and I forget stuff easily. All right. So the five that we're going to try to, so we're, we're basically going to try to do like a handful each year and release them like March, like right before the season starts. And, uh, so the five we picked for this coming off season is the story of Whip City Speedway, the racers for the soldier, the Steve Barrett story when we you know they built him the race car, the rise and fall of Racerama, and then two about two um, drivers we unfortunately lost, Fred DeSaro and John Blewett the third. Hmm. So um, we're in the very early stages here. We're kind of like still learning stuff. Um, 
We're actually uh, scheduled to go meet um, Dave Pagetti on Sunday. He was the owner of Whip City Speedway, the only owner. And uh, so that Speedway started in 1995 and it closed in 2011. I don't know if there's any correlation yet, but to me, that's still like the arc of NASCAR's mainstream popularity and then back down again, that 15 year span. And uh, so I don't know if that's related to that track success and ultimate downfall, but no. No, I don't think Uh, so. I think the reason why Whip City was closed was because of a municipality disagreement and they wanted to expand something with the airport that it's right next yeah, to something or something to do with like the that. Airport it had or something to do with the airport. Almost kind of like Yeah, no, the, so the, the, I mean, I've talked to the Piketty family over the phone uh, hmm. a couple of times and they basically said that, yeah, the, the town yanked the, uh, the lease from them and yeah. they did it like, I, I want to say it was like November. So like their last season, they didn't even know it was their last season. Yeah. And, and if you yanked it and it was over with, if you look at the aerial shots that were taken, like, I don't know, this year or last year, it's still there and it's all still intact. Yeah. It's just overgrown. It's still there. So, the airport never did anything. The town never did anything with it. They just shut the right. thing down. So I don't know this for a fact yet, but I, I'm guessing that they yanked it. They yanked the lease for some grand plan to develop it into something like you had said. And then that never came to fruition. Yeah, it had something uh, to do with expansion of the airport or runways or something like that, and they never did it. They just shut it down. Like, it's, yeah. it's to this day still never happened. It's been 10 years. So we're thinking of going there. So Dave Pagetti, uh says that he still, you know, he lives in the same town, Westfield, Mass., where the track was. He lives, like, five minutes away. And I guess he knows people in the town, uh, you know, that work in the town government. So we should have access to the track. So that episode might actually be a little bit like, you know, Earnhardt and Dillner's Lost Speedway thing. It might kind of have that kind of feel to it because we will go to that facility and film there. And then uh, so and then I've talked to uh, uh, Glenn Pressel. um, uh, I can't remember what Kendall Cody, uh, Nicole Tebow and. I believe Ryan Priest raced there. Um, We've talked to Ryan about some other things. I don't know if we've mentioned Whip City yet to him. Um, And I believe someone told me Matt Galco ran there. Um, I have not talked to Matt either, but we're going to try to, like, interview as many people that are in our racing circles that had raced there. I believe Les Rose ran there as well. Oh, yeah, I talked to Les. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Mm -hmm. The last time I was at the bowl when the Pro 4s were there. Yep. So I talked to him as well. So yeah, that one should be pretty good. I mean, the the uh, Dave Paquetti still he he seems kind of um, he's still bummed out about how that all kind of played out, and um, so I think it'll be kind of a compelling story of somebody that really you know went for it and um, you know built this track. It sounded like they they it was pretty successful. It doesn't sound like they drew big crowds, but they had the support from the race teams and the people that raced there and. You know, whatever their business structure or business model was, it was successful. And it didn't sound like they had, you know, up to this point, he hasn't mentioned that they, you know, had any struggles. You know, it was it was literally the lease got taken from them. Otherwise, they might possibly still be open. Who knows? Government. They probably run that place pretty similar to how Pomfret operates with the cart track. Yeah. Because they don't yeah, seem I got to the get feel a that was like that. draw either. Right. Almost like a, uh, yeah, almost like a club kind of thing. Yep. Yep. 
So, I mean, everybody that I've talked to that raced there, you know, raves about it. You know, I, I'm pretty good friends with Glenn Pressel, and he talks about Whip City all the time. I mean, he just thought it was the coolest place to race. So, um, you know, it looks like it's, it's a thing that, you know, people look back on it fondly of. And, you know, it's obviously a speedway that's gone away now. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, hopefully that will be a compelling story. We'll, uh, we'll get more details on Sunday when we go to meet, um, you know, that, that family. And then the Steve Barrett one, I mean, that's obviously, you know, we, we shot a since viewed episodes for that. And so, um, but you know, you may have noticed that it's not in the documentary. And one of the reasons was, I mean, the documentary was almost four hours long without it. And, um, I didn't want to sell that story short. And, uh, but I also think, and I could have told it in the documentary, but, um, you have a YouTube channel and everyone could find it on your YouTube channel anyway. True, but I, I, uh, and you know, Steve had great reactions to it that we caught on film. But I, I feel it's worthy of him being interviewed. So right now we've had verbal commitment from Steve, his wife Teresa, uh, Jim Phillips, no, Jim Boyle. I think Jim Phillips was on that crew too. I, I have to talk so. to him. I believe. But so. Jim Boyle, Pete Pollard, Julie Windsor, all have given us verbal agreements. Jeff Windsor is, does no longer lives in the area, um, but He's Steve in Tennessee. Keeps, right. Steve keeps in touch with him, so maybe we can get. Uh, you know, I guess he comes back a couple times a year, so hopefully we can pin him down. And then, uh, yeah, Jim Phillips, I'd like to get in touch with him. And um, so that one, you know, I kind of want to do like the backstory, give a little about Steve's history. You know, with his dedicated service, he's been deployed several times, and you know, kind of give that backstory. And then, uh, you know, he had a, he had a cool story about his dad who, who passed away soon after he returned. And so there's there's some more layers to that story that, you know, even in the Sid's View episode, we didn't touch upon. And then, you know, the whole aspect of that, that thing by the community in itself was cool. But, you know, the fact that we all kept quiet about it and he didn't find out about it was amazing in today's day and age, you know. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. They had a Facebook page, a Facebook group and all that stuff. And. So the whole coordination of, um, you know, how they pulled that off is really pretty incredible. It's almost like a conspiracy theory, almost. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> right. And to this day, he still has that car. So Right. Yeah, yep. He still got it. Mm-hmm. So the other, uh, let's see, the Rise and Fall of Race of Rama is, um, so that was created by uh, Bob Echo and Valasaur. And they sadly have, both have passed away. But um, Bob's son, Jared, he lives in the Midwest. I want to say he lives in Indiana or Illinois. Anyways, he's coming to Connecticut in late August. So I, we already have him lined up for an interview. He sent me a couple tapes of the early race of Ramas, like 1983. I think it started in 81. And the tape he gave me was 83. And um, so, I mean, I don't know if you guys went there as a kid, but I remember I went I, once or twice and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And um, it's yeah. just, it's just not relevant now though. You know I mean? I, I, you want to see the cars and you get the track schedules and I mean, all that stuff you get online in like February. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that's what led to, you know, they tried to reinvent it and they did the Speedway Expo. Dick Bergman did the Speedway Expo for a little bit. And, um, and then they tried to make it a blend with Frank Murata show. And then I, I don't even know if they, I don't do they do anything with a racing trade show anymore? They don't, I don't right? Think they so. haven't the past couple I years. Seen. I think COVID killed everything. The government's completely. response to COVID. Yeah. It's kind of killed so, everything. I'll be right back. 
So I think um, that'll be a cool one. So we have uh, Jared Echo lined up. We have Bones uh, lined up. And, of course, he was, uh, I believe, he was still working for Speedway Scene uh, back then. And, you know, he had a good relationship with Val, so that will help because, obviously, Val's not here. Um, I talked to um, Dale Walbrink, who was at the Tri-Track race, and she worked for the Racerama group there the last few years has existed and also worked with Bergren with the Speedway Expo. Um, and we also have a, a verbal equipment, a verbal commitment from Dick Bergren on multiple topics. So, you know, I don't know, um, what his involvement was in Racerama, if at all, but, um, you know, and then Ben Dodge, you know, like that tape that I have, Ben Dodge is emceeing a bunch of stuff. One of which is like a wet t-shirt contest. Like that would never fly today. Like, you know, <laughs> it's just a cool kind of time capsule event that, you know, you got Bugsy Stevens. I think it was Bugsy Stevens. And uh, maybe it was Richie Evans. I, I don't know. It was like two legendary guys like judging, you know, girls coming up with wet T-shirts. Like it was, I was just cracking up when I was watching it. I was like, there's no way this would fly in today's day and age, you know. But um, and so then uh, the John Blewett one, uh, I talked to Jimmy Blewett last week. And uh, he thankfully is uh, he I told him that, you know, it was my crew and. You know, that all you guys, you know, as we put these together, you guys will all be working with me here and there. And I told him that Foster was in it. And and he was like, oh, I, I, I you know, I love all your guys stuff. And so, you know, we really couldn't have done that one and if, if he didn't agree to participate in it. So that's really awesome. And, and so we're scheduled to go uh, visit him a week from Sunday. And um, we also have uh, let me see for Blue It, um, Jeff Williams, who was on his crew. Um, and he lives in Florida. So Phil, when we take our road trip to Florida, he's, he might be one that we're going to meet up with. I even um, had him on the show already. Mm -hmm. yeah. You've had Jeff Williams on the show? I have actually. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. He was on the health um, and fitness special. Oh, there you go. Right. Yeah. The doctor now. Yeah. The original chirp mouth is what I call him. Correct. Back from the Jeff Pearl forum days. He was the original chirp mouth. Also, yeah, he was a great um, above, uh, he was a great above me in, in grade school. Yeah. Also very no correct. Oh, yeah, really? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Lives, yeah, he grew up in the same town as us. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Jeff's a good guy. And obviously he was on the Blue It's crew and he was part of that tradition that they did at the world series in, uh, you know, uh, John's honor, you know, Jesse, you know, that one. Well, that's one of my favorite moments when you won that and, just the excitement that those Mine guys too. brought to Victory Lane. The last time uh, I was ever happy. <laughs> uh, Doug Colby Dark. is also going to uh, do an interview with us with a couple. I think he could probably speak to why Racerama doesn't work anymore. Um, uh, but he was uh, obviously part of that that Blue Up Memorial tradition and obviously raced against John. Uh, Woody Pitcat has agreed to do an interview with us. And, you know, of course, sadly, he was he was in really in that wreck. He was in third right behind those guys when they wrecked. Um, and like I said, you know, Ryan was in that race. Uh, Robbie Summers is going to do an uh, interview with uh, multiple topics. He was in that race. Um, I want to reach out to Ed Flemke Jr. for a couple other um, story ideas, and he was in that race. So, I mean, there's several people there. Uh, my uncle, Brooksy, we're going to interview him for a couple of things. He was working at Thompson then, so there was a lot of people was that were there that I think still, right? I think he was 2007. I think he still was. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It might have so, been. So, um, yeah. And actually, um, yeah. I was reading an old. It's funny how these things happen, right? So I, 
saw Dale Wolbrink at Tri-Track, talked to her about Racerama, and then I'm, I'm going through the Aereo Auto um, edition after he, John, passed away. And there's a story in there by Dale that she wrote about how she talked to him earlier that day. And, you know, obviously she didn't know that was going to be the last time. And and so she had a relationship with him. And you're like, oh, OK, well, then, hey, I can ask her about about John Blewett, too, you know. So um, I always love that process of figuring out, you know, who can give you good um, info on certain stories. Um, and of course, when we go down and meet Jimmy um, from the way he described it, they have a, a really cool shop with a with a bunch of memorabilia. And I'd love to get other people from his family to, you know, talk about John the person and, uh, you know, give the backstory of, you know, that's a very successful family. I mean, that, to me, that when I think of New Jersey racing, I think of Walt Stadium and the Blewett family. I mean, that's from, from a southern New Englander. That's what I think yeah. of, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the last one is Fred DeSaro. And, uh, you know, it saddens me that there's, I think there's more people that don't know who Fred DeSaro is now than that actually do. And that's, that, you know, A, that makes me feel old, and B, that makes me sad because, you know, he's right up there in that, you know, you know, Ron Bouchard, Richie Evans, Bugsy Stevens. I mean, he, he's one of those guys. And, um, you know, he won championships at Stafford. I think he won four straight at Thompson, driving old blue. And he won a national uh, – he won the national modified championship in the Casella 15. Um, and, of course, you know, that was obviously a sad day. He, he, he uh, flew over the sandbanks and uh, in turn three. So for that one um, – yeah. We have probably the the longest list of committed um, interviews with him. I've talked to his widow, Linda. She lives in Florida. Um, she was just a wonderful lady. I had a great phone conversation with her. She's remarried now and, and has moved down south. Obviously, her life has moved on, but she you know remembers a, a ton of that. And um, she has two sons. I've sent them Facebook messages. I haven't heard back from them yet. I'd love to get them um, as well. They're they're a couple of years older than me. I'm guessing they're probably in their early 50s. Um, and then they had this big benefit race in his honor. He actually got in the accident and was in a coma for a month. And a couple of weeks after Thompson, the, the season was over. They had the World Series, like everything was done. And then they said, we're going to have this benefit race. And basically said, in eight days, we're going to have a benefit race. And they and they packed the place. I believe it's still considered the largest attended event in Thompson Speedway history. Yeah, and the, um, uh, I believe the drivers didn't even take a purse for that one. They just correct. donated all the money. Correct, and no no employees took a paycheck. All the vendors donated. Like everything went to the DeSaro family. Yeah. Um, wow. So in between when they announced the, that event and they actually held it, DeSaro died. So it, it went from like a benefit race to like a memorial race kind of thing. And they still gave all the money to the family. Linda told me that it was a couple of days after his funeral. And so she it was too early for her. She couldn't go. But her two sons did. And um, there's some really, really cool photos of uh, like um, them being the special guests of the track. And uh, I guess Bugsy Stevens presented them with the trophies. You know, they kind of similar to what they did at Teddy at Stafford a few years ago. They all pulled off. And, and said, you know, it was for Freddie to win the race. Um, so um, in addition to the uh, DeSaro family, uh, Phil Smith, the columnist, he was he had a really close relationship with him. We're actually going to see him next week for an interview. Um, Matt Swanson, I saw him in the tri-track race. He gave me Mike Bowler's information, so I got to get a hold of the Bowler family. 
Bones can help with that. RA Sylvia, basically anything R uh, Rhode Island racing, RA is a great resource. Um, and then uh, I'm hoping to get, with the help of Kyle Ricky, that we can get Don Honing for an interview. Um, and then uh, Linda told me that Ken Bouchard was the first person to um, get to the car after the crash and that Bugsy was the second one. And so I have not contacted either of them yet, but I would love to get um, both of them for an interview. And ironically enough, um, one of the other stories that we have is about the Gata family's legacy, just kind of a whole history of that family, you know, that, and um, when I was talking to one of them, they said that Bob Gata was at the little T when that happened. And he was also there early on in the scene. So again, it's another one of those things where like you would never think to ask Bob Gata about Fred DeSaro until his uh, nephew, basically his nephew, Jeff told me, Oh yeah, you're going to talk to uncle Bob. I think he was there. And you're like, wow, really? Okay. What um, year did that happen? 78. 1978. Yeah. I wonder if Russ Dowd was around at that time. I think he was. Yeah. I have Russ's contact info. I have not gotten in touch with him yet, but yeah, yeah he is, he is definitely uh, somebody that, uh, you know, when it comes to those kind of guys, like, um, other guys that I haven't mentioned, Russ Dowd, uh, Pete Falcone, John Spence, um, Bergeron, Bruce Cohen, um, you know, uh, all these media types, um, announcers, journalists, whatever. I've kind of all reached out to them. And, uh, you know, not all of them would be um, helpful for these five. Um, and it will take us, you know, a while. And I'm sure as we start doing this and hopefully we make a name for this series and actually people will actually tell us some more stories that we can kind of uncover. Um, but I think these are a good five. I, I feel like they they are a good span, you know, like, you know, DeSaro was the 70s. The heyday racer Rama was the 80s. Whip City started in the 90s. Um, John Blewett was in the, the 2000s and Steve Barrett was in the 2010s. So we got, you know, five decades in a row there. So it's a good kind of just show the diversity of this series and that there's stories, you know, throughout the sports history. And, um, you know, as you know, I like doing these kind of things, the documentary and preserving the sport. And it's kind of cool to, you know, expand out to other tracks and other stories. We put so much effort in that speedball doc, which I'm super proud of. Um, but I, you know, I've been over anxious to kind of do stuff at other tracks and kind of, you know, expand our brand and expand the audience. And of course, and there's still with all the stuff that we did for the documentary, like the Steve Barrett one. I mean, there's still a bunch of other stories, that, you know. And then, just real quick, some of the other ones that I have that we, you know, are on that like list of thirty. I told, I talked about the Gator one. Is this the story of my uncle when he worked at Westboro Brooksy and they crashed into the flag stand and, and tore the stand down? I think that happened to him twice. Um, there's the night that uh, Keith Rocco dared his brother Jeff to steal the Joey Chitwood car at the Speed Bowl. Um, that was the best part the of the show. Side. What's that? It was the best part of the show that night. Right? Yeah. So we've actually talked to Jeff about that, and uh, and he and I think he's got a video footage of it as well. And so Jeff and Keith, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll be great interviews. And uh, Terry Ames actually said that he would do another interview with us for that. And the Steve Barrett thing. And I don't even um, think that was actually Chitwood. I think that was a different thrill show that they'd brought in. You're right. It was super you're right. lame. It, yeah, it was and not a Chitwood one. Yeah. yeah, it was not. Yeah, it was just super lame. And I remember sitting on a, a the hood of a truck over in the dirt pits mm -hmm. and watching a, a Mustang do a burnout. And I'm like, hey, the show's finally livening up. 
and then they'd yank him out and handcuff him. And I'm like, oh, that wasn't part of the show, and it really should have right. been. He was the only yeah. good part of that damn show. I think that would be cool, too, because, you know, you can do kind of the backstory on, on Keith and Jeff and their relationship. I mean, that that really just bore out of them, you know, daring, one daring the other one to, to do something crazy. And so they kind of have a, a unique relationship, and obviously they're, that's a famous family. So um, we could do cool stuff with that story. Um, yeah, there's a bunch, man. There's, you know, I'd love to redo a, the checkered flag announcer one that we kind of did, um, years ago, but it was like, we were still shooting in standard def back then. It's, it's really kind of outdated. Mm. Um, I'd love to do one on the Pinto revolution and the Yankee all-star league. Those are both ones that we kind of touched upon in the speed bowl doc, but they were, the story was slanted to the you know, relevance to the speed bowl. And there's more to those stories than just that. Um, and a bunch, man. You know, the night that Tony Stewart drove TC's backup car at Thompson. Um, there's a, a cool one with uh, Pulio. You know, we touched on um, Johnny Campino in the Speedball doc, but there's actually more to that story. He had a Pulio had a really cool relationship with both Johnny Campino and Dick Watson. Uh, they were like his idols. They were a big part of his racing team. Um, you know, largely were involved with the. Um, the Heroes of the Bowl event. That's kind of how that all kind of started. And uh, and Eddie still talks about them, those two guys today. And they're two legendary drivers. So there'd be cool backstory. And, uh, you know, the whole thing of like Puglia was itching to drive when he was 16. And he, I think he had to wait until he was like 23 because Gambino got in that thing and started rattling off wins. And, you know, so um, that, that whole kind of, that story is pretty neat. Um, and there's a bunch more, man. I mean, you know, Aerosmith had a concert in Westboro in the early 70s, right when they were making it big. Um, Jeff Bodine's incredible 1978 season. It's funny, you guys were talking about shopping malls. I kind of have that racetracks versus shopping malls as a subject. Mm -hmm. um, and and it, now that it's kind of come full circle, kind of like what you guys were talking about, it is a little bit of a pisser when you think about, um, you know, these malls that... You know, uh, tracks get knocked down for malls and then the malls are, you know, I mean, the crystal mall here in Waterford, thankfully that never knocked down the speedboat, but that thing's a ghost town, man. It's, there's hardly any stores opening it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's failing yeah, pretty they, bad. When I win the lottery, everywhere. I'm going to knock down the crystal mall, build a dirt track and run that on Friday nights. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Saturday night. No, not competing against the speedball. I love oh, the yeah, speedball. Tell them to move the Sunday. No. <laughs> if you want, yeah, if you want video of Thompson, you got to talk to Falcone. I think Falcone has a huge library. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think John has all that stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I have. Uh, I talked to Pete, and he was. Uh, we had a great conversation, and uh, yeah, everybody that we talked to was, you know, super. Um, uh, I don't know if excited is the right word, but I mean, they were all willing to participate and, and do an interview with us, and. You know, I explained to them all that, you know, we got we got a, a big ideas and a long list and it's going to take us years to, you know, finish all these. But um, it's always good to kind of touch base with people and let them know what you're working on. And, um, you know, because sometimes, especially like like you said, with the Falcone family, you know, they they probably have a ton of stuff from Westboro that they might not even have gone through in years. You don't even know what's in there, you know. And so um, and that takes time really to find where that stuff is or just, you know. Think about think about stuff at your house in your garage or in the attic or whatever. Just you know, the thought of going through that stuff and seeing what's in there would you know take forever. And you're always like, yeah, I'll get I'll get I'll get to that later. So it's always good to kind of reach out to people and kind of put a bug in their ear that you know maybe they can they can find some free time to dig some of that stuff up because 
it might be buried in an attic, but it's gold when I'm editing a documentary, you know? So when do you expect the first one to come out? Uh, so we're going to treat it kind of like we did the show in the sense of we're going to do them all and gather up a, a five episodes and release them all at once and really put the effort into marketing them. I'd really like to, you know, dive into After Effects and make some cool opening graphics, series graphics for it. Mm-hmm. Um I always thought about kind of maybe doing, I don't know if they still do this, but they used to in the 30 for 30 days, they, um, they would have like the, uh, the director or the producer would like open up the, the film with like a, a perspective on why they liked the story or what compelled them to produce this thing or whatever. Um, so we could kind of like maybe do a round Robin thing with, you know, for like the race around one, say, all four of us in Foster worked on that. Maybe we filmed a little round robin thing where we all kind of put our input in about, you know, what we found the most compelling about putting this one together. You know, I don't know. Just I kind like of that idea because, yeah. I like that idea because if there's anything that's uh, not uh, objective, it's documentaries. So, yeah. I, uh, so if we have our own little perspective on it, it kind of actually breaks down that fourth wall a little bit and, and yep. we get our own little personality to it. Right. Or we could do something like we're doing right now and just do like an after show. Like we do like, hey, we're going to release episode one of Racerama on Tuesday at eight. And then we're going to, you know, five Tuesdays in a row, we'll release the, the, the five. And then Tuesdays at 10, you can tune in live to Facebook Live and we'll have a chat like this where we're discussing the episode and we can have people ask questions or, you know, make it kind of more interactive. So anyways, yeah. yeah, so the goal is to, to, whatever we end up doing, the goal is to have that by March. So mm-hmm. we got, you know, several months here to, to pull it off. And, but that's, this is also why I enjoy that we do Sid's View, but we don't do it every week. We do it, we're basically doing it like once a month. And that can give us the, the, you know, the one thing I learned back in the day was the documentary took us forever because during the the race season, it was impossible to do anything with the doc because, Sid's view just took up all my time, especially in the early days. I was still doing the program too. And oh, then yeah. right, Jesse and I would go in the winter time and try to crank out as many interviews as we could. But mm-hmm. I mean, we did that for like four winters in a row and, you know, it was, okay. we were just going at snail space. So um, I think it's cool that we've found a way here where we can kind of produce a bunch of different, not, you know, not just those two, Nicole does her thing. And, um, you know, you guys, we do the video version of your guys podcast. So I just love that we have a lot of like different varieties on the YouTube channel. And this is just going to be another, another, uh, you know, another series to have on the, on the channel. Great. So keep your eyes peeled to the vault productions, Facebook feed and Twitter feed and YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash view, which is what we are on. And, right. uh, keep an eye out for that. And us, if you'd like to see our uh, no, you don't want to see this. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I got one last thing to talk about this week. Jesse. Oh, God. I'm going to need your opinion on this, and this is actually quite important <sighs> because it actually deals with driving. Okay. Okay. I'm I awake. Was, there was no racing <laughs> going on this week, so I decided to watch. Well, I've watched it anyway because I watch it. What? We'll move on. The Formula One race, the Austrian Grand Prix. Okay. Now I'm bracing myself. I'm okay. I'm, I'm trying. All right. I'm trying for move, you. For I'll Phil. move into. I have other no. notes, but I'll go into the meat of the sandwich here. Now, um, obviously, 
uh, Max Verstappen was dominating early, blah, blah, blah. Listening. Sergio Perez and Charles Leclerc were both forced off the track at different points during the race. Leclerc was actually forced off twice by Perez. Mm-hmm. So Perez not only got shoved off the track, but he also shoved somebody else off the track. Uh, Lando Norris shoved Perez off the track early. So Perez and Norris both were issued five-second penalties. Uh, Perez got two of them, so he got 10-second penalties. Now, my beef is with the announcers. They were saying, well, why is the guy trying to go to the outside and trying to race to the outside lane when the other guy clearly has the racing line? But the guy was, like, completely next to each other, and they think that the announcers seem to think that it's okay to shove somebody off the racetrack. But the stewards gave five-second penalties. Why, like... Why would you think that somebody is okay to just shove somebody off a racetrack? Well, the announcers are so used to single-file racing in Formula One. Is that why? I'm, I'm, I'm told, I, I totally 100% agree with everything that Phil just said there. But I, because they're talking, because this is, this is something that's been ingrained in Formula One for the last, whatever, 60 years or whatever. They don't pass. They don't race side by side. They're not used to it. So the announcers are thinking old. They mm. don't think, okay, now we have to share a lane. We have to do this. We have to do that. Okay? So when you have the cars, well, they're supposed to be more equally. Everybody other than Mercedes or whatever. I don't know. Red Bull has been dominating lately. Yeah, everybody but you know the top three have been That's fair. very – you know, Red Bull, Ferrari, and uh, Mercedes. Ferrari's coming back a little bit. Um, yeah, those are obviously top three, but uh, everybody... I'd say McLaren's probably top three now. Everybody Go is ahead. so much more competitive now that they don't know how to race side-by-side, side, how NASCAR does it with with their road course racing. The road, the road course racing in NASCAR is has rave reviews because road course racing is almost like an extension of the short track program. Mm. Cars have to hit the brake. Cars have to share a lane. Cars have to uh, almost, maneuver through traffic. They almost have to make contact sometimes to for with hard. You have to kind to of actually rub wheels a little bit. Yeah. Okay. And aggression for- isn't allowed anymore. No. And 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 Formula One, they're not used to that. They have to take the whole lane. Now in Formula One they don't know where the line is, where whereas NASCAR and you have fenders, you don't know how far alongside you have to get to the competitor in order to figure out who has the racing line and how much of the racing lane do I have to share. Now, in all three of these instances, the car next to the the person who shoved them off was all the way up next to him. Yes. Oh yeah, dead even. Absolutely visible by the driver's compartment, mm-hmm. and I feel like if your car in a Formula One car, yeah, you got side mirrors, but if your car is visible from the cockpit, I would think that you should actually be deserving of a little bit of racing room. Right, they're not there. They're not used to passing. They they have less passing in one year than a NASCAR race has in one race. in in one race, <laughs> and we're talking about a single file, you know. Non PJ, you know, whatever a PJ one totally dominated racetrack where there's only one groove. But I agree completely with the stewards' decision to penalize the guys who shove them off because they're trying to 
enforce passing, basically. They're trying to enforce racing. They're saying, look, don't just shove somebody off the racetrack because you don't want to race against them. It's like a Major League Baseball player umpire trying to establish a strike zone. But I agree with it because they're saying yeah. you just they, don't shove somebody off a racetrack. They have to, try to draw the them. line. Yeah. They have to draw the line of where 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 you can either how long far how far alongside you have to be in order to gain position and where you have the racetrack. Do you not have position and the guy comes all the way out of it follows the entire racing groove, or do you have to share that groove with the other competitor? It almost seems like for the last few years with Formula One that. The the rear tires is the gauge of how far alongside it is to a competitor. If you're the guy in front of their... Whoever's rear tire is in front of the other guy's rear tire in the apex of a corner is going to have the entire groove going in and out of the whole racing corner. It's almost like the SK Modifieds at Thompson in the mid-2000s where they would... The, the guy who would have the nose in front of the other guy... Had the racing line, it was going to wash the other guy right up out of the groove. That's fair. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's kind of the way it's been in Formula One. And so now they're trying to establish a groove where they can race side by side. You dig? Yeah. I like it. So I like My the My levels fact- are just fine. I'm back in the No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm, not, I'm looking at how long we've been talking about absolutely nothing. Oh, for an hour 36? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Oh my God! You, you know something I, I also think might might help that situation too is if those cars weren't thirty seven feet long. Your wish will Holy be their com- moly. Your yes, wish will be right. their command because next year they're getting new cars, and Thank the chassis God. the chassis is far shorter. It's like two feet shorter. Yeah, they yeah. Have the, s- the wheelbase is longer than my fucking truck. There's a mark. But profanity. <laughs> <laughs> Sid's like, damn it! You did it at the end. I, I gotta listen to the whole thing. No, fuck, it's fuck, um, fuck, 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 fuck. Hour <laughs> thirty six. Sid, sorry. No, anyway, yeah, but they're gonna shorten these cars up a ton next year. You should see the comparison. Yeah. Well, it's, it's because they don't because they have a a ton of horsepower and blah blah blah. They don't want the guys to have to actually turn the wheel a lot coming off. Sawing at the wheel and whatnot. Well, now they're probably. Here, gonna I have, have a to. wheel in front of me actually, and uh, on YouTube. They don't want to do this coming out. That would be actual driving. Well, they're gonna they're gonna have to because they're shortening the cars up. I think. So. Yeah, Good. I mean they already that. have. They need to eight thousand pounds of downforce aerodynamically. So anyway, I have more notes about this. Uh, George Russell's rumored rumored to be the replacement for Valtteri Bottas at uh, Mercedes next year. Uh, Bottas could be moving to Alfa Romeo to possibly re- uh, to replace a possibly retiring Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, the podium was uh, Max Verstappen absolutely led every single lap boringly, but everything else was kind of interesting. Uh, Valtteri done. Bottas was the Mercedes on the podium, and Lando Norris came back from a five-second penalty You're in his about McLaren. Again. In his McLaren to be on the podium, absolute drive like hell for Lando Norris. It was amazing oh to watch. God. But yeah, it was a great. And Jesse has died of boredom. Hang on a second. We have to kick his camera over because there we go. So, oh, with his last remaining breath, he has handed me his um, information. So, okay. You can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram, at Making Labs Podcast. Facebook.com slash Making Labs Podcast. You want to send us an email, send that to uh, makinglabspodcast at gmail.com. Trust me, if you send it, we'll probably read it, because we don't get any. 
Uh, you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash SidsView. Uh, you could find uh, me on Instagram and Twitter at BrentGleason01. Uh, I'm sorry. I just I got to say it. Don't find me on Facebook because I don't friend anybody I don't know on there. If I really don't, it's honest. If I don't know you, I'm not going to friend you on Facebook. So it's that's fair, right? I mean, I can't just yeah. have a list of people. I don't want to read through a whole bunch of stories where I don't know who you are, and I don't want to have to be. I want to be lazy. I don't want to have to go and hit unfollow fifteen times. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, um, okay. So you can find Phil at uh, at P Jenks Racing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find Jesse at uh, gab.com slash America uh, and Twitter at, I'm going to have to church this up because my kid's in the room, uh, at F yeah. (laughs) That didn't help because, oh, there he goes. All right, anyway. So happy 4th of of July weekend, everybody. Uh, Raji, how do we end this episode? So if you didn't hear that, just thank you. Keep the dirty side down and <laughs> stay out of the Thank you for listening. <laughs>